interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. This is Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Good Saturday morning. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday. Stu Kearns, your host. Glad to be with you today. Uh, it's been a, a, a classic spring here with the weather all over the map. But tomorrow, my understanding, is going to be the perfect day for the Lincoln uh, Half Marathon and Marathon. And uh, which by perfect, I mean, uh, starting in the mid 40s and maybe ending up in the mid 50s by the end of the race, at least when I finish the race. And if it could be under 60 degrees, that is perfect. And so if you want to if you want to wave to me, uh, I have decided I'll be wearing mostly black uh, because black is very slimming. And uh, I want to <laughs> I'll be wearing some red shorts and a Husker black Husker hat. So if you see me wave. I'll wave back. I will be listening to music because I'd rather listen to music than listening to the huffing and puffing of my breathing. And uh, we're, we're just going to putz along and have a really nice race. And uh, by the way, that laughter you heard on the other side of the microphone, that was my good friend, uh, Pastor Tom Rempel. How are you doing, Tom? I'm doing great. Thanks, Stu. And I'm thinking there's probably nobody else wearing black or red in the race. So everybody no. will know who you are. No, it'll be easy. <laughs> well, I'm wearing black and red. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So there the you combo. go. That's the... Uh, um, and well, whatever, you know, it's just a, it's a fun thing to do. It's so funny. I was talking to somebody else who's like a real runner and, uh, they were talking about how fast she was going to run. And I realized that I said, well, let's see when she finishes, I'll be at about halfway. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that's, you know, I just don't think about that stuff. Yeah, maybe somebody will take a picture for it. You can see it later. That's right. That would be fun. <laughs> well, that's why. See, you got to wear black because it's very slimming. There you go. That's right. I agree. Yeah. Uh, well, I got Pastor Tom in here because we are celebrating, well, a lot of stuff. But uh, yeah. you just completed 29 years at uh, Faith Bible Church, uh, founding pastor, and 29 years. And uh, I want to mark that and celebrate that. Twenty oh, nine. Uh, that, and and by the way, we're going to talk about other places that you ministered, yeah. but uh, but we want to talk about that today and uh, and celebrate that. In fact, I heard you had a celebration this past we did past weekend. They open house Sunday evening, packed the place out, and everybody stayed and stayed and stayed. So they were very gracious. Oh, yeah. that's that's nice. That's nice. Well, you know, uh, how long, I'm I'm trying to think of how long we've known each other, and it's pretty much as long as. 37 years ago. Something I believe, like that. Yeah. You were, I think you were teaching uh, in the school system at the time we met. That, wow. I believe. What? That would be 37. I would be. Yeah. 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 I think you were a teacher at the time. Oh, man. How did, what, do you remember what that was? How our paths might have crossed? I think we were at uh, Craig uh, and Jane Little's uh, wedding uh, or some event along uh, that line. It seems like it was the Youth for Christ Campus Life crowd, as gotcha. I recall. Yes. John which, Widhelm was a uh, part uh, of that mix. Oh, yeah. man. Blast from the past. Yeah. Tim Volke. Yeah. Yeah. Gary yeah. Schulte. Oh, man. Those, those were the days. Yeah. Those yeah, were good the times. days. Yes. And, uh, and that's, hey, I met my wife through uh, working for Campus Life. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah. 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 That was, uh, uh, I, I just kind of snuck up on her. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she, she, she couldn't resist. It was like, yeah. Well. <laughs> well, she probably could have resisted, but she didn't. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, how does a Presbyterian uh, discover a Baptist? That's what I was. I, you know, yeah. 
I was barely a Presbyterian, and she was barely a Baptist. <laughs> yeah, she was and, right in the middle somewhere. But, but yeah, we just Jesus was right in the middle there. there you go. We, we rallied around <laughs> that, and it worked out worked out pretty well. That's worked out well which, since. Your your lovely wife. How long have you been married? Uh, Fifty four years. Last week. Fifty four. Fifty four. Yeah. So you married her when she was twelve. Yeah, just pretty and, close to that. I hate <laughs> to say. Yes. That's the. We oh did. man. Two preachers' kids. Yeah. Fifty four. Fifty four years. Big ones. Yeah. Oh man! Well, I mean, you've been to. Uh, so we were, I wanted to do today just basically is just a, just a celebrate. I mean, twenty nine years, huge landmark, and and that's just part of it. Yeah. I mean, you know, your journey has taken you all through Nebraska, and uh, and then uh, uh, the last however many years in Lincoln. Been thirty seven and a half in Lincoln. Thirty seven and a half yeah. in Lincoln, and so uh, that's in the in the business we call that a rare. That's a rare. That's a rare. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen yeah. that often. Well, you know, it's, yeah, getting to stay this long has been fun. I've uh, I've seen a generation and then another generation. Yeah. Uh, gotten to uh, dedicate babies of those babies that I dedicated Isn't in the something? beginning. Isn't that something? Yeah. Grandparents uh, yep. celebrating their first grandchild were members of my youth group when I was a youth pastor in Lincoln. Isn't so, that something? Yeah, a lot of blessing to be here long term. Yes, yes, absolutely. And uh, so I want to I want to celebrate that, and and we'll talk about it again the more recent history. Uh, but then, uh, then from having met again, fast forward, I, I, I go to seminary, I come back, I'm in Lincoln and, and really similar timelines for my time at Zion and your time at uh, faith Bible. Yeah. And, uh, so we'll, we'll get to that in just a minute, but before we get to any of that stuff, just again, remind me of where, uh, where you grew up and, well, uh, and cause your dad was a pastor. Yes. I, my, my father, uh, pastored in the sand hills. Mm-hmm. And uh, then when I was in elementary school, he moved to South Dakota, taught in a Christian high school for six years and came back when I was in junior high to Cozad, mm. where I met my wife. Her father was also a pastor in Cozad. Mm. And uh, from there, we uh, we went to Carney for a while and then uh, out to Denver uh, to college and uh, pastored, started pastoral ministry in Denver, Arvada, and then mm. uh, back to Gothenburg for a decade and then into Lincoln. So wow. a long wandering road. Gothenburg for a decade. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, now were the McFeeders out there? Oh yes, there? yeah. Good, good friends. Yeah. Well, they, uh, we 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 met again through Campus Life uh, years ago, and then uh, and then you know exchanged Christmas cards and so forth oh, wow. uh, with uh, the farm family, Scott and Patty. Yep. yep. So uh, isn't it funny how Nebraska is just one big small? We we, we small are one introduction away from knowing everybody in the state. <laughs> it's, it's pretty true. It's pretty true. By the way, having lived outstate and then living in Lincoln, many people will comment. They'll say, well, you know, Lincoln is just a big, small town. Yeah. Because it's made up of people from, you know, yeah. Firth and Cortland and Gothenburg and, and Cozad and all these different places. Do you, does that resonate with you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's why I said I, I can meet someone and within a 10-minute conversation find somebody in common because uh, Lincoln exists because Western Nebraska does. Yeah. And uh, many came here from there and uh, yeah. the connections continue. Yeah. yeah. Tell me about your dad. Now, some people, uh, I don't think any of my children are going to get a full time into ministry. Yeah. I mean, hey, the game isn't over yet. You never know. <laughs> but uh, uh, but you uh, and and being a pastor's child can be a yeah. challenge for both you and your wife. I mean, there it isn't. Uh, I, I think I kidded myself when I thought, oh, it's not that bad. Yeah. And, and I think but every there's a special challenge to that. What yeah. was it that made you say, 
Uh, well, first of all, just tell me about your dad a little bit. And well, my, my dad was uh, born and raised on a farm just outside of Fairbury. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he graduated from high school, Fairbury High School, he decided to, uh, God had called him to ministry. Um, so he went to Omaha Bible Institute, which is now Faith uh, College in Ankeny, uh, oh. Iowa. And uh, met my mom there. She was from Wisconsin. Uh, her dad had left the business world and gone into ministry in his 40s. And uh, they got married uh, the day after they graduated from college mm-hmm. and uh, started preaching two days later in American Sunday School Union uh, mm-hmm. ministry, which my grandfather was the Western Nebraska director of. And uh, so my dad uh, started preaching when he was 19. Um, he went to be with Jesus uh, when he was 84. Mm-hmm. And uh, two months before uh, that home going, uh, he had preached three times plus a funeral, so wow. uh, he continued right to the end. Wow, wow! Yeah. Now again, for and when you decide to get into ministry again, when your when your father is a pastor, you have a pretty good idea what you're getting into. <laughs> but you decided to do it anyway. Uh, uh, well, actually, I gave God to Heisman for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said my. My wife married me thinking that she was marrying just a backslidden Christian. Mm. And uh, the reality is in the third year of our marriage, we, uh, I wanted to go back to college. And she asked me, okay, that'd be great. Where do you want to go? I said, I think I want to go to Bible college. And she said, well, why? And I said, well, I just want to know if it's true. My, mm. my grandfather, my father, my uncles, my cousins were all pastors and all. And uh, so uh, in the first semester of my freshman year doing homework assignments in the Gospel of John, God saved me. Mm, you decided it was true. It was true. But yeah. I didn't want to be a pastor. But all of the Bible lessons I'd learned and all that, the president of the school said, hey, Sunday, you're preaching at such and such a Grange Hall. And I said, yeah, no, I'm probably not going to do that. He goes, well, they're planning on you'll be there at 10 o'clock. And it was, yeah, it was more a sense of uh, opening up the Bible and explaining to people what it said and seeing them come alive and yeah. all that to confirm that. God used me for teaching the word, but the yeah. pastoral call was something I just wasn't open to, yeah. mostly because of the price that it would take on my family. Yeah, yeah. It is interesting, the, um, for those of us who are raised in Christian homes, and again, we maybe there isn't a time, we can't remember when I didn't believe yeah. of, 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 to some degree, but there still is a bridge to cross in terms of saying, this is what I believe. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and more specifically, what you mentioned uh, is this true? It isn't yeah. just tradition. It isn't just what dad did. It isn't what mom believes. But it's. But is this what I believe? Was that kind of the bridge you were crossing? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I could explain all of the details of the Bible. I memorized a lot of scripture and all of it. I, I think I just thought that God had grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had enough believers and pastors in the family that I would get in on that basis. Mm-hmm. And then, But I, myself was a matter of I'm really going to bow the knee of my own heart to this mm-hmm. is truth or not. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's pause right there. We'll take our first break. Then we're going to come back, and we're going to dial it back all the way back to uh, Gothenburg. <laughs> and uh, there's one of your favorite stories, if I can squeeze it out of you. I'd love, I'd love for the uh, listeners to hear. Sound good? That sounds good to me. All right. I'm not sure what that one is, but I'm, I'm up for it. <laughs> oh, you'll find out. Uh, Stu Kern's here talking with Pastor Tom Rempel, and uh, well, we're just getting started, freshening up the coffee. You're listening to Friendly Fire on The Voice of Lincoln. 1499.3 KLIN. Keeping the topics lively and the conversation civil, this is Friendly Fire with Stu Kurds on The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. 
We are back. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday uh, talking with Pastor Tom Rempel. We are celebrating uh, not just 29 years at Faith Bible, but just an entire career. And uh, so, Tom, I want to take you all the way back to those first years in Gothenburg. You said you were there for a decade, right? Yeah, nine and a half. Nine, nine and a half. That, that sounds pretty much like a decade <laughs> to me. The One of the stories, I, I don't know when I heard you tell this story, but it really left a mark on me. Because it's just, it's a classic, it is such a classic young pastor story. <laughs> and it was it, it was regarding the uh, church in Gothenburg and some decision that had been made. And then a kind of a uh, a confrontation with a member about uh, uh, about their giving and, and support <laughs> for this thing. I, I'll let you tell the story. Yeah. Well, yeah, one, one of the things I've always been concerned about is I didn't ever want to be disqualified for messing with the finances. And so I've never sat in on stewardship team meetings and things like that. But, so I didn't know who did the giving and who didn't and all. But uh, the, the elders had, had made a decision, and uh, one particular uh, influential uh, pillar of the church had took, uh, took exception to it. And uh, so he brought a couple of other men with him to my office one day. I was probably I don't know, 29, 30 years old at the most. <laughs> and uh, they were very imposing. They sat down and said, you know, we just disagree with that decision. And uh, we think the elders ought to reverse it. And I said, well, it was a plurality decision made. And it seemed, it seemed right. And they said, well, you need to understand, unless they reverse that decision, the three of us are going to stop giving to the mm-hmm. church. We'll continue to support the missionaries, but we're going to stop giving to the church. And I said, well, I'm grieved by that, but that's okay. You don't understand the three of us are 50% of the giving for this church, and so your salary and all that will suffer from that. (laughs) And, you know, still being wet behind the ears and knowing it all, just waiting for the questions to line up with my answers, I said, well, you know, I just know that you can't hold God hostage. (laughs) So they got upset. They left, and uh, over the next six months, the giving in the church went up instead of down, and uh, and uh, the the chairman of the stewardship team would call. He'd say, "I don't know. There's a the, the offerings are way up." But he said, "I just don't know. Are you aware that these people are not giving at this point?" <laughs> so at the end of six months, the three of them came back into my office and they said, "Well, we learned a really tough lesson, and that is you can't hold God hostage." <laughs> and so they started giving again, and that freed us up to take money and plant a church in Hershey, Nebraska. <laughs> in Hershey, Nebraska. Yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah. Okay, for a young pastor, um, when you went home that night after you had that initial confrontation, did you think, okay, I'm cooked? Or, <laughs> or, or did God just give you a supernatural trust that, that, okay, do the right thing and I'll take care of you? Or somewhere in between? Yeah, I, I think I think I assumed that there would be a movement to ask me to be removed as the pastor, <laughs> but it, it, that sense of uh, fear or uncertainty—I I just really, I really had that sense that that God had provided and would continue to, mm-hmm. and all we had to do is just wait on Him and do the right yeah. thing. And yeah. uh, I don't think I ever told that story to the elders or anything. I just, you know, waited to see what God oh, would do. Oh, I would have told the elders that story. <laughs> I would have told a lot of people that. That's why yeah. I want you to tell the audience that story. What? Okay, so you're just, in this point, you're just early in yeah. a very, very long career. What did that, um, you trusted the Lord, yeah. the Lord answered really in kind of a dramatic way. Yeah. How did that, how did that situation 
kind of impact you years and years and, and situations later down the line? Well, one of the things that God has graciously done, and it's not a standard for everybody, is that he has, he has allowed me to be involved in ministry, uh, as we say, debt-free. Mm. And um, so, uh, you know, when other people were in authority and in charge, they, they ran the finances that way. But when Faith was birthed 29 years ago, uh, the, the core team, we just said, oh, how are we going to know if this is of God or not? And we said, well, mm-hmm. God always casts the final ballot by, by providing the money. Mm-hmm. So if we're doing something and he doesn't provide the funds, we're doing the right thing at the wrong time or we're doing the wrong thing. And let's just go forward as God provides. Mm-hmm. And it's just been, I mean, 29 years of just jaw-dropping faithfulness. Then he's done the same thing in our own home. It was just like, Okay, we can trust God for this. So, yeah, we've faced some really hard times in our family, you know, health issues and and uh, changes in in life and direction. But it it laid a foundation to see that even in a thing like that, God shows up. We can mm-hmm. trust He'll show up again. Yeah. So I, I would say that that for somebody that hadn't yet, yet had their thirtieth birthday, that that really <laughs> it really sent a, a sense. And I always I always laugh. I, I tell people that I said, you know, I'm I'm just perennial optimist. I mean, I'm so positive. My blood type's O, o positive, but <laughs> my wife is a perennial pessimist with the gift of faith. Mm. So we're, we're kind of an interesting, she's always like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And then she, when it's all said and done, she go, what do you think God was going to do? Of course he's going to do it. So all, all of that was molded and shaped in those early seasons of seeing his faithfulness. Oh man. Yeah. So uh, after 10 years then uh, in Gothenburg, and you're kind of a you were kind of a small town yep. guy. Yeah. Then what was the uh, what took you? To, it was next to Lincoln. Yeah, the next move was to Lincoln, and uh, uh, I I had uh, spoken for the youth retreat for uh, Indian Hills Youth Group, and uh, Gary Blackshear was their youth pastor. And uh, a year after I had done that, he he is resigning, and he turned my name in as a potential replacement. Said, I think Tom would be willing to leave being a senior pastor and I'll be a youth pastor again. So I mm. arrived at Indian Hills in uh, 1985, uh, is in charge of uh, junior high, senior high, and college, but focused on the senior high. Did that for four years and then three and a half years as adult ministries, uh, Christian education. Yeah. So that was, I mean, now at that point, uh, 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 Indian Hills had uh, probably one of the larger churches in town. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, and, it, it it took somebody like me to help him get that thing down to manageable size. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know about that. Yeah, but, uh, yeah the, so there were, uh, you know, it's funny you say youth pastor, but oftentimes people might have in mind, you know, okay, you got 20 kids and, you know, yeah. we, we go to the malt shop or whatever. But yeah. but I have a feeling it was a little larger than that. Yeah, they were, they were I think there were 110 senior high kids and uh, probably pretty close to that many. Yeah. On the uh, junior high level, we called them junior hires at that time, and then uh, had a really robust college ministry under Neil Rogers as well that mm-hmm. I kind of oversaw. Yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, I mean, that's a, let's face it, that just those groups together, all together, are, are larger than a lot of churches. Yeah, yeah. Sunday morning, yeah. Sunday school was like, was like preaching to a congregation because yeah, yeah. of the size-wise, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think people uh, people don't realize, I'm not sure what the latest stats are, but I think the average church is maybe... One pastor and about if if they have a full time pastor and maybe about seventy people. Yeah, seventy five or under is across the state. I think eighty percent is the number. Eighty percent would be seventy five or less. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, what was it like to transition into just not as a not as a church, but Lincoln as a community, 
and uh, living in what I would assume out in the West is thought of as kind of as the big city. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it was interesting. We we got married very very young, and uh, our our honeymoon was was a weekend uh, paid for by family members in Lincoln. And uh, mm. when we came here. We said, man, someday we want to live there. And uh, uh, so from Kearney, we, we had tried to, to move here. I applied for everything from insurance adjusters to police department to the post office. I mean, we really wanted to live in Lincoln, and, and God had that in the future for us, but it was years down the road. So uh, we were really excited when he arrived, and uh, it turned out to be everything we had hoped it would be. We, we absolutely love it here. Uh, that's great. Well, and you've been here a good long time. Uh, really a, a fixture in the community. Uh, we're going to take another break. And then when I come back, I want to talk about then the uh, the 29 years mm -hmm. at Faith Bible, and uh, which I believe uh, started in the gym at Lincoln Christian. Is that right? Uh, actually, it started in a lecture hall at Union College uh, for eight months and then moved to the gymnasium at Lincoln Christian, the uh, Sanctonasium. All right. Hold on to that story. <laughs> we're going to get right to it in just a minute. Uh, talking to Pastor Tom Rempel. And, uh, and just so glad to have him in studio today celebrating uh, 29 years and a lot more uh, to a guy who's not only a great pastor, but he's a dear friend. Glad to have you along here on uh, Friendly Fire. It's the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns, 1499.3 KLIN. We are back. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday, uh, talking with uh, Pastor Tom Rempel. And before the break, we were talking about, again, moving to Lincoln and the transition. And then uh, 29 years ago, uh, a church gets planted. Yeah. And uh, just what, what were the seeds of that and uh, and how that began? Yeah, I, I had come to the place in my other ministry that I felt like the Lord was moving us uh, in some direction. And uh, I, I had known Pastor Kurt Lehman, the founding pastor of Lincoln Berean, for many years. He and my father were close friends. And uh, so I, Kurt uh, was mentoring me through the transition. And, uh, and he said, Tom, my elders believe you need to stay in Lincoln and uh, start another Bible church. And uh, that was not exactly what I thought I wanted to do. <laughs> But God raised up uh, 12 uh, heads of households who affirmed that. And uh, so we, we started praying about it. We met uh, in a, a conference room in the basement of a dental office on 70th Street, mm. um, night after night for a couple of weeks, just asking the Lord if that's what he wanted. And uh, and then we were convinced that, that it was his call. And um, so we decided not to do the typical new church thing. We, we just wanted God to affirm that that was his will. So we, we didn't do a launch. Uh, we, we told people, if somebody asks you, are you doing church, you can say yes. If they ask you when and where, you can tell them. But don't mm. be calling people and stirring it up. And uh, mm. so at, at that time, we kind of felt like, uh, as, as Kurt said, your golden opportunity for sharing the good news is the first three years. And so we felt like God was raising up a, a church that would uh, work to bring the gospel to Lincoln and work as though nobody else was doing it while rejoicing that many others were. Mm. So from the very beginning, we wanted to be part of the Church of Lincoln, not to be the Church in Lincoln. Mm -hmm. And um, so we, we prayed about that. We didn't start. We started after Easter, and uh, mm. we, uh, we found a, a home for a while in the basement lecture hall at Union College Administration Building. Mm. And uh, I had gone to the uh, president's secretary and said, we're, we're just looking for space to start a church. She goes, I got the perfect place for you. Went on the elevator into the basement. She said, it seats 185, but we can pull the divider in. I thought, well, maybe we'd have 100. 
And uh, so people started coming on a rainy Sunday morning, and they just kept coming and coming. And we pulled the divider back, and we had 173 people the wow. first Sunday. Wow. And again, without announcing it or advertising it, and that was that was the start point. And mm. uh, April the 25th, 1993. Wow! Wow! Yeah. That's uh, now for many people who don't understand the kind of the church world and church planting. Uh, that this is the church planter's dream is to have, uh, well, not, you know, they'd have, they'd be happy with 50 people. Probably, 50 would be good. Yeah. Would be good. And uh, the whole idea of, of, of 12 families kind of 10 is 10 to 12 yeah. is like the magic yeah. number, right? Yep. You could, you could yep. have, uh, if, if 10 families tithed and then you had two more families for some operating expenses, you could, you could probably get <laughs> off the ground a little bit yep. And, yep. and actually pay a pastor. So that was, uh, that, that had to be affirming. Uh, just to not only yeah. uh, have have critical mass, but uh, uh, but just to see that God was answering your prayers. Yeah, and I, you know, I I thought that I was going to help. They had asked. I'd I'd resigned, and I had other ministry inquiries, and um, they had asked if I would help them get a church start. I really thought I would get them started. And then God would open up the door, and I would leave town. And uh, actually, uh, David Greenhood was the guy that I knew was going to be their pastor, and mm-hmm. uh, he had founded Country Bible mm-hmm. uh, many years before. And uh, he's just wrapped up, I think, 27 really good years in Rapid City, South Dakota. He never actually wow. showed up at the job here in Lincoln, so wow. I'm still here. Yeah, so wow. um, you know, just, uh, wow, God's doing something here. And uh, on the second week in the afternoon of a Sunday the men called and said, would you consider just staying and being our pastor? So mm. uh, I, we started out with the idea that it was just transitional. Mm-hmm. And then two weeks in, they said, why don't you just stay and be that? So well, it seems yeah. to have worked out. It's so far it's worked out. So yeah. when did you make the transition then from the, uh, the basement there to, uh, I think was the next site then the Lincoln Christian. Yeah, Union? we, we were there about probably about eight months and, uh, uh, Evangelical Free was using Lincoln Christian for their Christian education facility while they were building their beautiful building. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was already occupied. But then we talked to Mark and the guys, and they said, well, hey, if, if you guys would start your Sunday morning with worship in the Sanctanasium, we'll do Sunday school in the classrooms, and then you do Sunday school after that, and you can have the whole space. So we were there for about three years then wow. at the Sanctanasium as we kept waiting on the <laughs> Lord to where he was going to put us and where we were going to, to meet in our permanent home. Yeah. And then, uh, so how many years, was it three or four years in then? Yeah, we were three, well, it was four years into the church, yeah, before we actually moved into our present facility. So how, again, everybody always wants to know, how do you, how did you get the land and how did did that happen? Because, I mean, now, again, all that's filled in. Yeah. Um, but but this was whatever, 26, 25 yeah, 29 years ago. 29 years ago, we sort of shopping, you know. So, you, yeah, at that time, the, the city, uh, you know, to meet the code, you had to have 10 acres because you had to have enough parking space for occupation. You had to have green space and all. Mm-hmm. And finding that land inside the city uh, perimeter was a little limited. We we thought maybe we would take over a warehouse. Mm-hmm. And uh, because you're in a sanctanasium, you can convert about anything. So mm-hmm. By we, the way, we keep using this word sanctanasium. It's a little humor there, right? It's, <laughs> it's, the, it's the sanctuary slash auto, uh, gymnasium. Yeah, right? at 7 30 on Sunday morning, we'd roll out <laughs> carpet on the gymnasium floor. We would set up chairs, yeah. we'd set up a sound system, yeah. pop up platform, and there were wrestling yeah. mats rolled up against the <laughs> platform on both sides every Sunday. Well. And uh, so we looked at, at warehouses. Uh, and uh, if I can, one of our fun stories is there was a grocery store on uh, Adams 
that was available. So uh, our deacon in charge of facilities went and looked, and he had this great scheme and plan. And they said, he said, yeah, but there's just not enough parking there. So uh, we nicknamed him uh, the Hinky Dinky Deacon. <laughs> he, would, he would just get us into everything. And uh, and we we didn't want to be on, on the Holy Highway, on Church Row of 84th Street, because yeah. there were so many churches there that God just kept pushing that way. And a couple mm-hmm. of uh, brothers from uh, Hallam, owned a, a cornfield there and they had prayed about having a church there at some point hmm. and so they they sold us the land way under market hmm. and uh, then they took they immediately gave 20 percent back to us as a gift to the church gave 40 hmm. percent to lincoln christian the rest for to back to the bible and wow. didn't take any of the profit off of it and uh, whenever they would come they uh Curtis uh, represented the Gideons. Whenever he would speak there, he said, man, you guys are growing a lot better crop on this land than we ever did. <laughs> oh, man. So that's how we ended up on South 84th Street. Oh, and uh, and then the, the building, again, starts off. It's, it also started off with a, kind of a multi-purpose room. Yeah, uh, yeah, just a big metal. We called it the Tin Barn on the Hill. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Todd, Todd Brown, uh, the former Husker yeah. receiver from mm-hmm. Holdridge, um, actually mm-hmm. engineered and uh, built that original one for us, just a big open multi-use space. Yeah. But it, you've come a long way. It, it's, it's, it has grown and changed, yeah. yeah. It's been remodeled and added yeah. on to. Yeah, and, uh, and landscaped and... And yeah. even uh, even got a sculpture out front. You yep. still have that one? Yeah, we've got uh, we've got the hands out on the street, and then we've got a, a world mission globe in our in our little mm-hmm. park on the side. Uh, mm-hmm. All done by Lynn Wilson, the, the great artist, uh, for, taught at Lincoln Christian, cross country coach at uh, Wahoo and Lincoln Christian for a number of years, uh-huh. and uh, Lynn designed and did those for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll just get started with this topic, and then we'll come back here uh, in the last segment, but. Um, so one of the one of the things that uh, we've enjoyed together through the years is fellowship with other pastors, yeah. and and I appreciate uh, again, the, uh, you know, not just to be at the city in the church, but a city who's who's uh, uh, a church that's a part of the the, of the yeah. movement of the church in the city. Yeah, and uh, that has been um, a real joy from my end of that, yeah. and a lot of other churches that have been a part of that. Um, we're uh, I know that. Uh, who was a part of that original group that said, hey, we need to get together and just have lunch? And but, maybe if we pray or do some other things that... Uh, certainly, uh, Dave Argue, yep. Christ Place, uh, mm-hmm. Brian Clark, Lincoln Berean, uh, Stu Kearns from... Uh, yeah. Somewhere uh, in there. I think it was Zion. Was it Zion yet when you started? I, was, I think you might have still been might on... Might have still uh, been Covenant. Can, might have still been Covenant. Yeah. yeah. And and yeah. there. Uh, Mark Brunant from mm-hmm. uh, E Free, Bill Thornton. Capital yep. City, mm-hmm. uh, who am I missing? Jerry David from City yep. Church yep. Yep. was a part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad Riddle later yep. uh, was on that. Yeah. So, yeah. so that was, uh, um, that's that's one of the things, uh, I think maybe every occupation is a little lonely, but we yeah. began to discover that even, you know, my church is more medium-sized, yours is like large size. We've got others that are, let's call them extra large. Yeah, extra large, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And uh, but when you're a senior pastor, there are certain things that you just we all kind of live in the same world. Yeah. And uh, and I uh, I would say of all the things that shaped my ministry, uh, participation in that group has mm-hmm. been very significant. And uh, and you're a very significant part of that. Oh, let's let's explore that. I'd like and to. we'll be you. back in just a minute uh, talking with Pastor Tom Rumpel uh, here on uh, Friendly Fire. It's the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3. KLIN. 
bringing you local voices to break down the news of the week. Friendly Fire with Stu Kurds on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome back. It's Friendly Fire Saturday, uh, talking with uh, Pastor Tom Rempel. And uh, Tom, uh, one little pause, quick pause. Always have time for a shameless plug. So I don't know if there's anything you want to plug today, but if you do want to plug, uh, this is your opportunity. Plug away. Plug away. Well, yeah, Faith Bible Church is in a transitional season, but the core values have not changed. And uh, God's raising up a really good interim mm-hmm. uh, pulpit young man that uh, is a Second Timothy 2-2, two, two, and uh, Brad's mm-hmm. going to do a great job. Uh, continuing to teach the word. So I'd encourage people to come and check us out. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. And uh, I will just say uh, my uh, plug, uh, let's see. Well, of course, you know, as a pastor, I never got to experience the Lincoln Marathon. Yeah. And uh, until finally, I just said, you know what? Clock's ticking. I want to do one of these. (laughs) I took the Sunday off. And and I never realized until I did it, and it was almost 10 years ago the first time. Oh, wow. Never realized what a heartwarming experience it is mm. to see the whole community come together and be positive, encouraging, and people who don't know you are looking at you and, and looking, reading your name off your bib and saying, you know, you can do it, Stu. And, and I just thought, okay, this is, there's so many spiritual metaphors there. <laughs> you know, I just, I it, it, you know, as Tom and I, as we, we, think through the Bible, you know, we're, we're running the race. There's a host of witnesses. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and just to think that, that something like this is going on in heaven. The saints are watching mm-hmm. Stu and Tom and you and all kinds of his God's children uh, run this race. And they're cheering us on. Amen. And they and someday we'll join them in the crowd. Yeah. We'll be a cheerleader soon. <laughs> it won't be long. Yeah. And that's, you know, and, and that's okay. Yeah. So I'd encourage you to, to uh, if you're a... Uh, uh, if you, I hope you're in church, but if you're not in church or go to the early service and then come yeah. cheer or go to the late service, there's a way to do this. Or Brian's um, got a, a Saturday night church, as does Rick. So, you that, know, you see, could, yeah. there's always a way. <laughs> there's always a way to do this. Um, so that's my shameless plug for the week. Um, this the 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 pastors I just called the Lincoln Pastors Group. I yeah. don't know. It was just a bunch of us. Uh, one of the secrets to this is that it was just senior pastors. Another one of the secrets to it was that we weren't going to just make it bigger and bigger and bigger yeah. um, because it's it's really hard to develop uh, a, a, a community. It, it kind of functions like a small group. Yeah. When small groups get yeah. too big, then they just, the dynamic changes. And uh, so we've kind of encouraged more people to form more groups yeah. and those kinds of things. Um, what are what are some of the takeaways? I actually did my doc, doctoral dissertation yes. on on this group, basically. And uh, what are what are some of the ways in which that's uh, helped you in the journey of of uh, twenty nine years here? Uh, it's it's you know nobody obviously knows me better than my bride, mm-hmm. and uh, there there have been times over the last twenty nine years when uh, things were uh, you know difficult. There's always challenges in the church. And uh, Linda would frequently say, so are, are your pastors getting together soon? <laughs> I mean, she just she could see the time together was always just uh, mm-hmm. kind of put fuel back in the empty tank. Yeah. Um, it was a it was a place uh, it was a place where we could be real mm-hmm. and uh, we could be encouraging. And I mean, I was just thinking about the tons of times when one or another of the brothers just felt like he was beat up by the battle. And mm-hmm. and yet uh, guys gathered around, prayed for him, encouraged him, a lot of horsing around. 
mm-hmm. for us, uh, you know, uh, 15 years ago, our youngest daughter uh, lost a battle with cancer, a, a 16-month battle. Mm-hmm. And uh, those were the brothers that were there every month and uh, mm-hmm. and just encouraged, prayed, you know, gave words of hope and all that. Uh, they were there for the funeral. You know, mm-hmm. Brian preached at her funeral mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. that. So, yeah, it was just had it not been for that group of men, those brothers in the battle, I, mm-hmm. I would not have made 29 years Yeah, without question. Yeah. There, uh, there is just something about uh, when you try to explain your job or your job world, whatever it is, to yeah. somebody else, and they never quite get it. But uh, when you're meeting with another pastor, yeah. you don't have to explain things. They just get it. Well, you know, that, that, for me, that, that commitment started when I was in Gothenburg. I, I was uh, 27 years old, and uh, there was a new E-free guy that moved in up the street. He was older mm-hmm. than dirt. He was 54. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I had some situation come up. I don't remember what it was today, but I thought, I haven't got a clue what to do. So I called over to the free church. I said, Pastor Bill, you don't know me, but I need some help. And uh, so we went out for coffee at the Swede Cafe, and we, we're sitting there drinking coffee, and people come in and go, what are you guys doing here? I thought you were competitors. It was like, <laughs> so for seven years, uh, Bill just mentored me and encouraged mm-hmm. me uh, through it. And and so I've always found that it's just a, a non-negotiable essential mm-hmm. that we walk through uh, ministry together. Mm-hmm. And uh, so all these years later, um, it was uh, just knowing those guys would be there mm-hmm. and that they understood and, uh, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it's an irreplaceable benefit. Absolutely. It's been so important, I think, for my congregation, too, to realize these are these churches are partners in the gospel. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, do we have differences? Of course we do. Yeah. But none of them are essential. And, and all the essentials of the faith, we completely agree. Yeah. And so these are, uh, so if these churches grow, we rejoice. That's yeah. the, the kingdom is doing well. And uh, and that mindset in a, in a number of different churches in town, it, it, yeah. it can help shape uh, the church culture a little bit. The funny thing about it is it, it also uh, silences that guest because people often you know, come and go, oh, hey, it's great to have you here this morning. So where'd you go to church last week or where'd you go? Well, you know, I you know, I came from such and such a church, you know, and my pastor doesn't go, oh, well, he's one of my close friends. I had yeah. lunch with him. It's like, yeah. okay, the criticism drops off real quickly. Yes. It's like, really? And I, I think it's been really helpful to the yeah. faith family yeah. to know that I have friends in the faith and that yeah. together we're, we're pursuing the gospel for yeah. the city, not just simply doing our own thing. Absolutely. And, and have been, having grown up in Lincoln, I know it was not always that way. Yeah. And uh, they're always, I, I, we felt that same way. It's like, oh boy, you know, such and such a church is, you know, the, the hot church now. And, and it was, it was petty jealousy. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. And, and most churches operated that way. Yeah. And it's like, that's, that is contrary to the spirit yeah. of Christ. Yeah. Uh, he has, he has one body in Lincoln. And by the way, you mentioned how you were mentored. I, I, I assume that's where you've gotten a heart for just mentoring, because that's another thing that. I mean, your your close people, friends know, and I know, but but a lot of people may not know. You spent a ton of time mentoring young men, just like you were mentored. Yeah, I I've just always felt like if I could be that encourager, that gave him ten reasons not to quit. You know, <laughs> if you want ten solutions to your problem, go see Stu. But if you want ten reasons <laughs> not to quit, and uh, yeah, I because God used it then, and I think that's what I think that's what my next season is. My mm-hmm. wife's been saying that for a decade. Don't stay so long, you can't do that and it's just being a friend and not mm-hmm. having all the answers but it being the encouragement and all mm-hmm. um yeah I, th- I think that's critical and 
you know, at, at 72, I, I still think I have some energy mm-hmm. and that, but uh, also perhaps uh, after 50 years in pastoral ministry, uh, no, there's there's very few stories that anybody can can bring up that I can't identify with in one level or another. Yes, yeah, and that's we uh, speaking of which we had a situation in our church and we called our you know the old stated clerk of our denomination in Atlanta, and uh, he was amazingly said, "Hmm, never heard that one before." <laughs> <laughs> I'll pray for a lot of grace, brothers. <laughs> And so every once in a while it happens. Every once in a while, I'll expect maybe often. that'll happen. Yeah, no, that'll. Happen. But well, and I, there's no doubt in my mind that uh, that God will continue to do that, mm-hmm. and and who knows what doors He might open. Yeah. up. there are very few. Okay, I'm I'm just going to brag on you here for a minute, <laughs> and then you can, as my dad used to say, uh, cut it in half and divide by fifty percent. <laughs> but uh, but there are very few pastors I would describe as a pastor's pastor, mm. and who. Uh, and who pastors other pastors, and uh, and and you're in that club, wow. and uh, the 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 investments you've made not only in your own people, but the investments you've made in me and in other mm. pastors, um, they make a difference, yeah. and uh, Thank you. so that's a part of why um, I just wanted to celebrate that today. Yeah. And it ain't about Tom, and it ain't about Stu, right? No, that's right. That's right. It's, it's about Jesus. But it is. Isn't yeah. it fun to be used yeah. by Jesus in meaningful yeah. ways? Yeah. I think that's uh, maybe that's the message that uh, that's maybe that's my other shameless plug today is just remember <laughs> whatever you're enjoying in life there is no greater joy than knowing that you're useful Amen. to your Savior right Amen. yeah yeah so uh, I don't know any fun things going to be mixed in just a few seconds left here any fun things mixed in with the, the next stage well the next stage I'm I'm going to get my bike legs back I've signed up for the uh, the gravel nation uh in August. Nice. Uh, my grandson's going to do the 150, my son the 75 and I'm going to do the 50k. I'm guessing nice. we'll all finish it exactly at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> That's very possible. That's very possible. Hey, you know, it's just all about the experience. It's all about the It's all about the experience. Yeah. Well, thank you brother for taking time to be thank in you, here. Stu. Uh Pastor Tom Rumpel, he is a pastor's pastor and <laughs> uh, I, and more than anything I'm just grateful he's my friend. Uh, I leave you today seeing as I always do to think about it and talk about it. We'll see you next week.